Welcome to What's Eric Eating, Culture Map's bi-weekly look at all things Houston bars and restaurants. I'm your host, Culture Map food editor Eric Sandler. This is the Tuesday show where we talk about some news in the restaurant world and also discuss a meal that we had. To do that, I'm joined by my co-host this week. He is a Houston hospitality veteran and a co-founder of the Houston Barbecue Festival. Michael Fulmer, welcome back to the show. How are you? I'm outstanding. Thanks for having me. Thanks for doing this. We had a funny moment. We were at your uh, recent Houston Barbecue Throwdown event when we met our listener, Nicole, who told us that you are her favorite co-host. <laughs> okay. Well, congratulations to you on being the favorite co-host. Uh, well, I, it's, it's always appreciated. I never, you know, uh, I always like to kind of lay low and then let's just say take the more humble route. So always appreciative of anybody who enjoys the show and enjoys me on it. All right. Let's dive right into the news of the week. Topic number one, Common Bond has selected the former local food space in Tanglewood for its newest bistro location. This comes at a time that's roughly about a year since George Joseph, uh, the CEO of Common Bond, turned over day-to-day operations to Garza Management, the company behind Elbow Leo. Michael, you live close to Common Bond's original location in Montreux. So let me just ask you, what have you what are your kind of thoughts on the current state of Common Bond? Have you noticed anything about it over the last year since Garza management took over? Well, I mean, you could see it's been in a making in the years of where they've expanded from being just the sort of identity of a bakery to, you know, this is a neighborhood eatery, you know, so we can fulfill your bakery needs you know, bread, pastries, custom-made cakes, et cetera. Uh, but then it's a great place for casual lunch or even early dinner. Uh, I think they've established that identity pretty well in, in their expansion. We'll see what happens. Is I know they tried to do the upscale bistro downtown, and unfortunately that was timed exactly as COVID hit. That was just, uh, you know, just, you know, sort of negative serendipity. You know, very unfortunate timing. And I know that's uh, closed now. What will be interesting is that, you know, they're taking over the spot from local foods. Is that correct? Correct. So, I mean, local foods was doing just fine there. And if anything, they're doing better. They can they can do better. I think they're moving because they want more space and more accessibility. That's actually on my route to work. I pass by it all the time every week. You know, and there's not easy, simplistic parking for it. You have to go underneath and either go into the garage, which is not like necessarily a complicated thing. But, you know, so much of dining and so much of American culture is driven by convenience. And it's not a huge, uh, you know, footprint, but um, I think it would suffice for what Common Bond does. And if anything, you know, what's somewhat is like I go to the Montrose one and that can be somewhat problematic with the line and how it moves and how they service people waiting. I think they've gotten much better at it. Uh, I think this will be even better for them in that respect. I would agree with all of that. I mean, I talked to the folks at Garza Management about this decision. They said they had their eye on the neighborhood for quite some time. They're they're intrigued by the possibilities of establishing a real presence at breakfast because there just aren't that many choices nearby. I mean, you kind of got you know, Adair Kitchen or maybe Kenny and Ziggy's if you drive a little bit farther. Uh, but, you know, Fountain View Cafe was such a staple in that neighborhood and it closed and, and nothing's really replaced it. So they they see an opportunity there. And then even if you think about bakeries, I mean, I know Three Brothers opened a location in that neighborhood last year, but, 
you know, there's just not a ton of competition in the, in the bakery space. So they think there's an opportunity there. And, and I think, yeah, it's, it's tricky. The parking, you know, you have to go into the garage and walk up and walk a few extra feet, but local foods made it work. Dish society made it work until they decided to move on from that location recently. Uh, but you know, dish society was there for 10 years. So I, Common Bond will find an audience here, and I think I think it's going to be a really nice addition to the that kind of greater Tanglewood, Briar Grove, the Eastern End of Memorial. I think all of those all of those neighborhoods should be pretty excited about this. You, I think you make a good point when you talk about like breakfast and sort of custom baked goods. It's like Fountain View did close down, and R.I.P. to the the greatest pancakes Houston's had. God, I miss that place. But <laughs> I mean, there's a bunch of like cookie places and things like that. But like people go to HEB, they go to the grocery store uh, bakeries to get their stuff done there in that area for the most part. And I think this will, you know, fill a nice niche. That's a very upscale neighborhood. You know, when you look at Tanglewood, Briar Grove, that, you know, uh, these are people that are willing to pay money for a good custom cake. You know, and this is something that I mean, there's birthdays every week, you know, there's uh, events every week. So I think it could be that's the kind of market that they'll really grab hold of. And that's that that definitely makes it destination worthy as opposed to issues of parking and, and convenience. Right. And and that was one of sort of George Joseph or or even going back to the brief moment when it was being owned by Johnny Caraba. That was one of their innovations was, you know, when Common Bond first opened, it was so focused on its binoiserie and its daily production. You couldn't get a Common Bond birthday cake, which always seemed like a missed opportunity. But of course, you know, that's all they have that all dialed in now. And so any kind of you know, special occasions, they broaden the menu. This is king cake season. You can get a, a common bond king cake. You can get breakfast sandwiches. You can get uh, a surprisingly good Nashville hot chicken sandwich. Weirdly, is kind of one of their signature items now. Oh, it's, so, it's fantastic. So, you know, that evolution of common bond into, into a full service restaurant and bakery that, that caters to all these different needs has been uh, beneficial uh, for diners, even if it's, uh, you know, it doesn't have that same cachet, right? When they first opened, it had that that really incredible reputation. And I think it's, it's very trendy to complain. Like it's not as good as it used to be, but I, I mean, I, I go there with some frequency and I, I still think the croissants are good. I still think that that chocolate chip cookie with walnuts is, is one of my absolute favorites. You know, I would concur. Cause I think that's a, that's a time and, and th- how things have changed is that when common bond opened Houston really didn't have what I would call a first class, really good bakery. Um, you know, I'm sorry, French gourmet, you know, you just weren't it. And they filled a niche that Houston didn't have. I mean, we're a major city without this really good quality high-end bakery. And they were that. Uh, They obviously moved on from that. But more importantly to what you were saying is like, well, they're not what they were. No, they've expanded. And the more importantly, the Houston market, there's now so many options on high quality bakeries and baked goods, and we're all better for it. So, you know, this is you know competition working at its finest, uh, and we're clearly the beneficiaries of that. Absolutely. All right, let's move on to topic number two. Lane's Chicken Tenders, the Aggie Land favorite, has opened its first interloop location in the former KFC on Shepherd, just north of Westheimer. Uh, Michael, I'm I'm mostly asking you about this because this is near your neighborhood. This is an area you know very well. Do you care about this at all? I mean, I is it hard? To, is it hard to get? Excited about a new uh, fast food option serving chicken tenders? For me, no, absolutely not. I don't get excited about that because I don't eat fast food. But 
for the sake of the podcast, Daddy took one for the team. So I went by and tried it. Um, I do go to Raising Cane's, which is even closer to where I live, which is as close to being exactly the same as that. what that is. Um, I go there infrequently, a couple times a year, you know, for the sake of convenience. And like I said, it's almost the same in sense of that we just do chicken tenders. If you get a chicken sandwich, it's just chicken tenders on bread. You know, it's a very limited menu. And it's the idea of what they're doing. They do very well. And they do with uh, great speed and efficiency. So I went by and tried it. Um, this was the first time going there. I went through the drive through I just tried to get a couple chicken fingers to try. Apparently, you don't. If you can get them just as a single single chicken tender, and you don't have to get the combo plate, uh, that wasn't apparent on the menu, and it wasn't understood in my interaction. And so I, you know, been getting a whole lot more. I didn't want the bread, I didn't want the fries, and all that. But you know, I tried them for the sake of the podcast. I did it for you, Daddy. Um, well, I'm I'm impressed by your dedication. I still have not been to Lane, so. All right, so give us the breakdown. Okay, so their basic chicken fingers, they were just fine. The quality was fine. They I tried the spicy option. They had a little bit of spice to them. I tried a couple of the different dipping sauces. They're fine. The fries were, were decent. There's a crinkle cut. I like, you know, you can't help but compare it to Raising Cane's, not just because it's the same model, but good God, it's like three blocks away. Now, that being said, that Raising Cane's just crushes it. I mean... I thought at first, okay, they're perfectly situated for when COVID hit, you know, it's drive through, you know, it's very, it's quick, it's easy, but I mean, we're out of COVID and I still see cars spilling out into the street on Westheimer. They retooled their drive through to handle two lanes of drive through you know, not unlike what Chick-fil-A did had to do where they have like three because they're so popular. Now, that being said, like I said, Comparing them, I like Raising Cane's a little bit better. I think the, the chicken's a little bit better. I like the a la carte options, and I think their fries are better. But, you know, what's they're taking over a, a KFC spot, the Lanes is, and there's accessibility off Shepherd and Fairview. It's on a corner, so you have double accessibility, and that'll work well for them. They have a drive through I don't know how popular uh, they are from the you know the college station area uh i don't know if this is directly a franchise i know they franchise them out now but yeah, i can i can actually i can fill i can fill in a couple of those details so it's awesome take it, it away is, daddy it is a franchise location it's masroor fatani who is also the operator who brought halal guys to houston so he's now got four locations uh one the first one was in katie uh, they opened one on Ella Boulevard, and then he opened a third one in Beaumont, and this is the fourth. Now, what's interesting about that Ella Boulevard location is it's it's just north of 610. So it's right next to Popeye's, it's right next to Raisin Cane's, it's right next to KFC, and there's a Chick-fil-A kind of around the corner on the other side of the freeway. So I asked Masroar, like, how you doing relative to all these with so much competition? He's like, our, our sales are up. So Lane's clearly holding its own in a very competitive chicken environment so i, th I think it's going to do just fine and, and like you said that that hard corner uh with the traffic light at shepherd and fairview that's that's a good that's a good spot so i think i think they're going to do just fine but yes you you identified the differences right you can get a spicy tender at lanes you can't get it at raisin canes and there's more sauce choices uh, you know at canes you got cane sauce and honey mustard that's it i think there's six sauces at lanes and lanes has milkshakes which i i doubt you availed yourself of but 
there's a salted caramel milkshake and spicy chicken tender combo with my name on it when I finally make my way over there, which which will undoubtedly be soon. I thought I was ordering a la carte. They asked me like four times what drink I wanted. I said I didn't want a drink. And apparently I paid for one without getting one. So there's yeah, that. I, I, you, I have <laughs> visions of you in the drive-thru uh, with the, you know, with the movie, like how much for one rib? I, I just right. I, I see you in the drive-thru. How much for one tender? Let me get one. Right on. One order. One order ribs. No, 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 no. One rib. One rib. I sure am hungry. Uh, make that one rib to go. One rib? One, <laughs> one tender. All right. Uh, I think we've spent enough time on this. Let's do topic uh, number so three. Too. Topic number three, very briefly, Hondo, the Heights uh, Sushi Hand Roll Restaurant, has opened its second location in the same Spring Branch Shopping Center that is already home to Fiji's Barbecue and the Blind Goat. Michael, I know I, I know you've been to Hondo. I know you've been to Handy's Dozo. What do you think about this as, as the latest addition to, to Spring Branch? You know, it's interesting because I was just listening to your podcast that you did with uh, Monica. Uh, where you both talked about the market in the Spring Branch area. And, and I thought you both had really good points to make about what's happening in that area relative to the residents and to the restaurant industry as a whole. And, and what I tend, has, you know, has been kind of like this sort of barrier, you know, can you get this upscale uh, crowd to sort of cross the space? Or is Spring Branch, in fact, you know, a transitional neighborhood? And it's quite clear that it is. I think it's a great move. I mean, hand rolls, you know, if you told me, you know, seven, eight years ago, maybe, you know, that hand rolls are going to be going to be the thing. I'd be like, you know, that would get a raised eyebrow for me at the very least. But both Hando and Handys have done quite fine in the Heights area. The Handys in Montrose, uh, I go there more frequently because it's closer. And there's always a good amount of people. What's What's interesting about the concept is that you don't need a large staff. It's just, it's just, and plus, you don't need a huge footprint. It can be a very small space. And even if you're maxing out on your experience there, like say you're getting a five, six hand roll experience, you're never going to be there much you know, longer than like say an hour. It's not like people are, you know, like the turnover is a problem for them. It's all counter seating, you know, on a stool. And it's incredibly efficient and it's incredibly good quality. I mean, it's all being made in front of you. So... I'm excited to see, you know, a concept like that expand itself outward and see, you know, more communities embracing this kind of cuisine. And, and I wish them the best. Yeah, no, I it's, I had a very funny conversation with a friend of mine who really likes the the experience and the the flavor and everything, but 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 hates the the counter service or the counter style seating. She's like, why aren't there tables? Why aren't there? Why isn't there a waiter? It's like. Sorry, that's just not how it works. It's it's designed to be an in and out. You know, you said an hour. Like I, I think you'd be hard pressed to be there more than thirty or forty five minutes, right? You no, order I think the hand an hour rolls. Max is what I'm yeah. saying, yeah, yeah. But you know, and Hondo is set up to be a little more complete because it has hot and cold appetizers. It has a full liquor license with cocktails and beer and wine, so you could linger a little bit longer, but backless stools seated around a counter means you're probably not going to the idea is to kind of get in and out it's relatively affordable you know i, I make uh jason and is one of the owners he cringes every time i say this i like it to go you could get the cut rolls uh the the maki style cut rolls to go 
And if I'm in the Heights at, at the right time of day, I'll, I'll probably pop over and take take a couple sushi rolls home with me. But, you know, I think this is this just goes to show that Spring Branch continues to be uh, really an exciting dining neighborhood. You know, feels like in some senses uh, the inner loop is kind of maxed out. And so the opportunities are are just to the West. And, and, you know, we certainly have plenty of friends who live in that part of the city and more all the time. And so I just think uh, this is this is where the opportunities are and, and people are going to move out there and, and cater to those needs. Absolutely. I mean, if you're an emerging concept, you know, you're not a deep pocketed, you know, you know, like high end steakhouse chain or something like that. You know, the inner loop becomes increasingly a problematic because of the, you know, per square foot cost on opening. And these other markets is, you know, Houston, like I think you've mentioned this before on the podcast, but people keep moving here. You know, we've got plenty of people and they have money. And, and, you know, the great thing about these hand rolls is like, they're all made in front of you. They're all delicious. You know, these are well thought out. They're not putting out crazy, you know, we're not going to have, you know, New Zealand uni with unicorn foam. These are done pretty simply and they're delicious. And yes, it's going to be more than, you know, a five or six dollar, you know, a ten dollar lunch. But that's got to be understood going in. And so there's definitely a market for there. I, I go consistently and I always see a few other people there. If you go, you know, at particular times at lunch hours, especially the ones on the Heights, it's full. And that's uh, that's very encouraging. Absolutely. All right. I'm going to say that does it for the news of the week. We'll be right back with our restaurant of the week. Stick around. Michael, for our restaurant of the week, I want to talk to you about 1891 American Eatery and Bar. This is a restaurant on 11th Street in the Heights. It is from the team behind Common Bond. And in fact, when we went there, uh, Jason Gould, the executive chef for Common Bond, who also developed the menu for 1891, was there. He kind of guided us through our meal, picked basically all of what we ate uh, and visited with us a little bit. In fact, Jason will be on the show in a few weeks to kind of talk about everything that's going on at common bond and 1891, but we'll save that for another day. Michael, this was your request. You were, you were very excited to try 1891 American eatery and bar. So, so let me just ask you, what did you think of our dinner there? You know, I enjoyed what we had there. I enjoyed them curating it and choosing like, Hey, this is, this is kind of who we are and this is what we like. And this is what kind of separates us. And, you know, once again, you look at the price point and it's, you know, it's very competitively priced. You know, most of the entrees are under $25, sandwiches definitely under 20, you know, apps in under 15. And it's not, you know, they're not going to just do, oh, here's a little bit of ribs. No, we're going to do a hot honey. But, you know, that's because you see hot honey showing up a lot more menus across the country. You know, there's a little tostada with the pork belly, you know, it's just with the charred pineapple. It's got those touches. And part of my, you know, desire in going there is I really, I have a lot of respect for Jason Gould. I, I, you know, I see he's been a fixture in the community of Houston with, you know, small high-end operations to, you know, large Tex-Mex things. And he really brings uh, a sense of quality to and, and creativity that I think is ex- just great for this concept and for that neighborhood. And I enjoy what we had. You know, this is the kind of easygoing neighborhood restaurant that that really you could open anywhere 
like in any neighborhood of any city and it would be greeted warmly right I, you know they've got enough tvs on the walls to kind of keep up with the whatever game of the day is you know we we were there while uh, u of h basketball was playing it's got this kind of nice dedicated bar area that's a kind of community gathering point would make for a good happy hour option and then the menu is just super approachable you know we had burgers we had a pizza we had uh, all kinds of shareable appetizer type things so tell me a little bit about what 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 were some of your favorite things that we ate well, I mean, you mentioned like we had a burger, but it wasn't just a burger. It was like a double smash burger. You know, when it's done right, there's a little bit of smoked queso on it, some roasted poblano, which is, you know, uh, I think it's called the, let me, the high heat, you know, roasted poblano is pretty mild. And there was a ghost pepper aioli, but this was, you know, this isn't going to like freak anybody out. It, it just gives a little bit of bite to it. But, you know, we talked to him like he's, they're using uh, a chuck as well as brisket into the blend. It's not just your standard sort of 75, 25, 80, 20 blend. Uh, so there's a great flavor to it. I really enjoyed that. I think it was uh, the, the hot honey ribs. I really liked a lot. They're really tender. They they came right off the, they, they, they stayed on the bone, but just as you pulled it, there was like that gentle tensile pull from it, which is like perfect. I believe we had the squash soup. Do we have that? No, you know, remember. you know, what we had was the, you know, we had our entrees were that, uh, fried poblano pepper with the salsa verde and the uh, seared scallops with the cornbread. Yeah, and, that poblano pepper. Uh, that really, I think we call that our favorite of the night. And it was most unexpected because you're like, okay, this is kind of pretty basic. It's got a little panko. Uh, it's got a crisp edge to it. Man, it just it held together perfectly, had great flavor, great distinction of flavor, and you know was just filling enough. It was really good. It was, you know, also encouraging to see that they're really their commitment to their their beverage program. You know, they're not batching cocktails and then they're more than just making them like they were really good, high quality beverages. And there was a separate crowd in the bar. You know, they were in there watching the game. You know, I mean, when we were there, U of H was still undefeated, um, the basketball team. And there was a good crowd coming in and out on what was a, a rather cold night that keeps sometimes will keep Houstonians home. For me, that's like the perfect night to go out. Yeah, they were you know, so they I were think, undefeated. Yeah. They were undefeated until that night. I think that's the that was the they lost on the road to uh, I, I, I think, think it was, it was Iowa State. That uh, was that that was what. Yeah, ouch, ouch. Well, it's okay. They're going to crush it in the in the tournament, and that's fine. Um, right. So uh, you, you kind of hit this. This could really be put in any neighborhood, and it's the kind of thing that I think will do well in that neighborhood. And, you know, so many restaurateurs would really want is if you can kind of if this does take off, that they can replicate this into other neighborhoods and 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 take it off for economies of scale, in which case then you can start, you know, you know, shopping for your your beach home. So uh, <laughs> but, you know, it starts here. It starts here with, you know, uh, a commitment to the neighborhood and a commitment to what the menu is. And uh, I, I think Jason is a good person to be leading that. Is it destination worthy? Like for me? No, it's not. But is it like I think fitting perfect for the neighborhood, as as our good friend Linda says, you know, know your audience. I think it absolutely is. I would agree with all of that. You know, last week on the show, Monica and I were telling people, you got to drive to Spring, you got to go to, you got to go to the Belly of the Beast. It's outstanding. I am not saying that about Energy Ninety One. I am saying if you live in the Heights and you're looking for that casual weeknight dinner or the family friendly weekend option with the big menu relatively affordable pricing, welcoming atmosphere, good service, good cocktails, 
this is your spot. Like this will, this will satisfy, it'll feed a crowd. It'll satisfy a lot of different cravings. And you're right. They could start knocking these out. They could put one in Pearland. They could put one in Katy. They could put one in Sugarland. And all they would do is just name it whenever that part of Houston was established. Right. So I, you know, I grew up in Sugarland, so I know that that's 1946, right? They could do 1946 American Eatery and Bar, you know, somewhere in in Sugarland, and and find an audience for it in, in a heartbeat. Oh, wait, sure. so what is what is 1891? Is that for based on is, what is that? Yeah, it's, it's when the Heights was established. Ah, okay, all right. Well, nicely encapsulated there, Daddy. Yes, yes. All right. Um, it's almost like you do this for a living. Sometimes it's like I do this for a living. Uh Anything else on this? No, no, no. Good talk. <laughs> All right. I'm going to say that does it for the restaurant of the week. Michael, thank you very much. Hey, thanks for having me as always. That does it for today's show. Thank you for listening. Join me on Thursday when my guests will be Felipe Riccio and Austin Wader from Goodnight Hospitality.